Hello, friends, and welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. Good to have you with me again on episode 206 of our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. Great to have you with me again. My name is Lance Bain. If you are a new listener, thank you so much for being with us. And if you are a regular part of our podcast family, so glad to have you with me again. And uh, if you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. Lots of resources available at the website, as well as you can communicate with me. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know what you'd love for us to talk about. Would love to hear from you. It'd be a real privilege. And as always, wherever you may be listening, not just geographically, but on whatever platform you may be listening, would love for you to Share this with a friend and leave us a review and a five-star rating. I would really, really appreciate that. Today's topic is mastering delegation, igniting your team's potential. Delegation, you know, poor delegation can lead to a variety of negative consequences, such as decreased productivity, missed opportunities, an increase in errors and team or employee or church leader, whatever, disengagement. And these consequences, friends, can result in financial losses, loss of opportunity, loss of trust, loss of creativity, loss of advantage. But today, to the degree that these losses can differ, it depends upon the power of delegation. Delegation can ignite your team's potential, help you leverage moments and opportunities. And delegation is not just telling someone what to do or offloading the things that you don't want to do. And so today we're going to talk about the subject of mastering delegation, igniting your team's potential. I first learned about delegation many years ago when someone gave me a copy of the book, If You Want It Done Right, You Don't Have to Do It Yourself. I don't remember the author's name, but I remember the book was helpful and it has stuck with me now some 15 to 20 years later, the idea of delegation. If you simply Google this, do a search in a leadership topic or check out your local online bookstore retailer or even maybe the old school brick and mortar bookstore, the subject of delegation is important. And I want to reiterate what I said just before our little break. Delegation is not simply telling someone what to do, nor is it delegation to offload and to give to someone else the things that you and I don't want to do. We might call that delegation, and maybe technically it's delegating, but I want to share with you mastering delegation and how when we really understand the power of this leadership skill, it ignites your team's potential. There are many advantages and benefits to delegation. Delegation done right, delegation that is done in a healthy way, has such a profound effect upon you upon what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to achieve and in your leadership. And so I'm going to share with you five benefits of mastering delegation. And then I want to share with you a seven step process for how to delegate, 
on these two ideas. So mastering delegation, why is it important? What are the benefits? And how do I actually do it? And there are some steps that you can learn and that you can employ that will help you become more effective, more efficient at delegation. And listen, those that you lead will love that you're going to implement this podcast. I have been involved in leadership for nearly 30 years, and ineffective delegation doesn't often come in the form of feedback. It doesn't work its way back to the person that's actually delegating because people may feel like their job is on the line. They don't want to feel like they're threatening power structures, or or they've just learned to work within our incompetencies when it comes to delegation. And none of those are good reasons. We want people to give us feedback. (laughs) And we don't want them to be threatened by power structures. We need to deconstruct power structures and be a leader among equals uh, with unique responsibility and authority given to us. We understand all that. If you listen to this podcast much, you know that we believe in the distribution of leadership and authority and empowerment without abdicating our responsibilities as leaders. But we also don't want our team, those that we delegate to, to have to deal with our incompetence when it comes to the subject of delegation. So delegation, it's such an important topic, and I want to convince you, I hope, in this podcast that mastering delegation can ignite your team's potential, and I want to reveal to you the five benefits and give to you the seven steps for mastering delegation. Okay, friends, what are the five benefits? Number one, efficiency. Giving uh, delegation to others, and when leadership gives them that ability, it allows leadership to focus on other things. It becomes efficient for you as the leader, and it becomes efficient to the one or to the team to whom you're delegating. Efficiency matters, and we want to be efficient. And why does that matter? Because Years ago, I mean, many years ago, before all of the devices that we have, there used to be a, this will date me and sort of show my age a little bit, but there was a um, time management system by the uh, Franklin Covey, and the Franklin was based upon even some things that Ben Franklin, a founding father of America, had instituted in his personal life, and then Covey, from Stephen Covey, and so there used to be a Franklin uh, planner system, and Stephen Covey, and so these came together and became a Franklin Covey time management system, and it was a book, and you bought a year, and you put it in a binder, and you carried it around, all kinds of things. Now we just carry these on our devices. Um, but this idea is what I had, and it was about time management. And over the course of time, we've learned that time management is not as critical as priority management or energy management. And there's some wonderful studies out there, and there's some wonderful tools that can help you actually lean into healthy energy management, healthy priority management. Because time is just a currency that we're going to spend on things. And are we spending currency of time on the most important things on the things that only we can do when it comes to our leadership. So delegation is important because it allows us to experience the benefit of efficiency. You can delegate effectively, and I'll tell you how to do that in a moment. You can delegate effectively and your organization, your ministry, your small group will experience heightened efficiency. It gives leadership ability to focus on other things, and it gives those to whom you've delegated also a narrow scope of focus and objectives and resources to accomplish what it is you need and to be successful. 
benefit number two is empowerment. Delegating is an opportunity to, to empower others. It's an opportunity to say, I trust you. I believe in you. I know you can do this. And giving people important delegated tasks boost their own sense of understanding that they truly are empowered. Delegation also needs to involve weighty things, weighty matters, significant issues, important calls, important projects, important and urgent people to get in touch with. If you're simply empowering people to do petty and small things, over time, people don't feel empowered. They feel like a slave. And so empowerment carries and sort of baked within it is the idea of value and significance or urgency or a big responsibility with a lot on the line. And delegation gives you the amazing opportunity to say to other people, I believe in you and I want to empower you. Benefit number three is synergy. When you and I are effective in mastering delegation, we actually experience the collective whole innovation, creativity, and momentum. And we experience that because we are utilizing the gifts, the points of view, the trainings, and the experiences of others. Synergy. Synergy. This happens when you effectively delegate. I have so many times I've delegated projects or initiatives to other people and they come back with, have you thought about this? Or they come back with a unique point of view or they've actually done something to it in addition because they were given the permission to do so. That's better than what I even thought in the initial idea of delegation. And it's actually improved and becomes better. And that's the kind of synergy that you and I can experience when we master delegation and we begin to ignite our team's potential. The fourth benefit is trust building. When you properly delegate to other people, you are saying to your team, I trust you. And Patrick Lencioni, in his uh, foundational work, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, continually underscores that trust is one of the most important, if not the most important commodity that you have in your leadership relationship with other people. Trust. When you and I effectively delegate, leaders trust their team members to carry out the tasks or the projects competently, and it grows your confidence, it grows their confidence. It it liberates you to delegate more frequently, to maybe even delegate bigger, more urgent, higher priority, or more significant tasks or projects. And it helps other people gain, begin to experience what we've already talked about, efficiency and empowerment and synergy. Trust building is significant when it comes to mastering delegation and igniting your team's potential. Trust building. Trust your team and delegate effectively. And watch how when people follow through, trust grows. Benefit number five is people development. When delegating, it's possible to expose possible fears, such as the fear of failure or the fear of rejection or some other kind of fear. It's also a chance to practice good communication skills. Is there clarity in the communication? Is there definition in the communication? Is there good listening in the communication? Is there effective follow-up and feedback in the communication? Is there room for curiosity 
in asking questions, in the good communication? Is there room to add unique points of view and other ideas in the good communication? So when you and I, (laughs) friends, are effectively delegating, we're actually exposing places where people can be developed and not disqualified where issues can be discovered and overcome, not dismissed or denied. It's so powerful. Efficiency, empowerment, synergy, trust building, and people development. Five simple but needed benefits of mastering delegation. (laughs) I hope those five benefits for you have at least begin to whet the appetite of, man, I want to be better at delegation. So how do we do it? Let me give you seven steps on how to delegate. Number one is identify the what. What actually needs to be delegated based upon your objectives, your priorities, the projects, the goals, the ministry, what it is you sense, discern, see as an opportunity. And so based upon all of that, you want to identify what actually needs to be delegated. Write it down, compose it, think through it, be as clear and be as detailed as you can in what you're going to delegate. Step number two is identify who. We've identified the what, but identify the who that needs to receive the delegated delegated tasks. And this is based upon gifts, talents, organizational structure, opportunity, abilities, trainings, talents, unique perspectives, maybe maybe even cultural perspectives or ethnic perspectives. All of these ideas play into a person's experience, how they're hearing and receiving the delegated task, how they're processing and interpreting what it is we as leaders want and what it is we're delegating because people hear through a filter just as we communicate through a filter. And so Identifying the what is the first step to delegation, but the second step is identifying the who. This helps other people find meaning in their life and pursuing their life at maximum potential. Friends, this is why step two, identifying the who, is so critical. If we're just continually, I want to read and underscore what I said earlier. If we're just continually delegating menial, trivial, small things that that anybody can do, then no, people aren't going to find meaning in their life in that, and they're not going to feel like they're maximizing their potential. But when you can think about the important things, the big things that actually give people creativity and stimulates connection and courage and curiosity and, 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 and creativity and collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing that people begin to say, wow, this is really adding meaning to my life. They talk about it with their friends. They'll talk about it with their spouse. They'll talk about it maybe with other people that are in their lives and saying, hey, guess what? I've got this big opportunity at work or at church or at ministry or with my friends or in my family or at my school, wherever it may be. And so step number one is identify the what. And step number two, when you're delegating, is identify the who. Step number three, define. You need to define the expectations, such as the instructions that are given, deadlines that need to be met, what are the goals and the objectives, and what are the needed details. 
You know, oftentimes when I'm delegating to someone, I want to think through what exactly would success look like and have I communicated that as clearly as possible. When you define expectations, you might need to leave room for margin, for creativity, for change, for adjustment. Communicate as best as you can and define where that margin is. And so you want to define the expectations. Step number three. Step number four is to give. It is to give authority as much as you are able or allowed to or is needed so that the person to whom you are delegating can make whatever decision that falls within the scope of delegation. This giving of authority, friends, builds trust and empowerment. It keeps the task from being micromanaged and bogged down in the endless email and text threads and in your in-house communication channels. And so when I am uh, giving a delegation, delegating something out, I've identified the what, I've identified the who, I've defined the expectations. I also want to ask myself, what authority does this person need? And I may ask them even in the conversation where I'm delegating, what authority or where in this process do you think you'll need to make decisions? And are you confident in those decisions? Do you have authority to make those decisions? Some places you just don't give authority. You just don't give it. You can't give it. But in other places, you can think through that and be clear about it. Step number five is supply. Supply support and resources so that the person to whom you are delegating has what they need to be successful. How often we believe that we have adequately delegated to someone else, but they don't have the resources. They don't have the financial funds. They don't have access to the, to the technology. They don't have access to the people. They are unclear on what it is you actually are giving them to do. And so simply not supplying support and not supplying resources, a person can internally feel very frustrated and very disempowered and feel like they're set up to fail simply because you and I didn't supply the support and resources that were needed to help a person be successful. And when the support and resources are there, people can be successful. And let me just say this. Sometimes the support and resources may be availability to answer questions, to give clarification, etc. And so don't always think support and resources as material. Sometimes it's relational and it's just simply being available. Here's step number six. Check in. You want to check in to make sure the delegated task or project is going well. I would say if your delegated task is lasting over 24 or 48 hours, and many times these multiple projects and tasks might take weeks or months, you want to have baked into the process the check-in. And this allows you to provide time for feedback for those to whom you're delegated. There can be some Q&A going back and forth. It allows for course correction and affirmation and celebration. And so this check-in can also foster um, the ability to manage the tension between the freedom the person has who's accomplishing the delegated task and also your responsibility for quality control and accountability. It's a great quote. We don't know who it's by, but it says delegate, but don't abdicate. And so you have to do a regular check-in at some level and communicate that to the person to whom you've delegated this task. Say, hey, I'm going to call you tomorrow and see how it's going or let's set an appointment on the calendar for next week and do a check-in and let's follow up on this. Step number seven is the review. Once the delegated thing is completed and it's done and it's finished, an after-action review is helpful. 
the review is enables you to learn. It enables each of you to reproduce your strengths and to adjust the areas where you made mistakes. And it allows you to actually strengthen the relationship while you are building trust. This is so important when you are delegating. The review, the after-action review, learning, reproducing strengths, adjusting to the mistakes and correcting those, and strengthening the relationship while building trust. Mastering delegation, friends, igniting your team's potential. We do it for efficiency, empowerment, synergy, trust building, and people development. And how do we do it? We're going to identify the what and the who. We're going to define. We're going to give authority. We're going to supply support. We're going to do the check-in. And then when it's all said and done, let's get together and do a review. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you can get better at mastering delegation and share this with your friends. Leave a review. Leave a rating. Wherever it is that you may be listening. Thank you so much for taking this time with me this week on our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. Friends, I hope you have an amazing week. Stay healthy and stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you again soon.